Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to a guy that just made the best purchase of his life. <laughs> <laughs> he joined the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, folks. If you didn't see it on my Twitter yesterday, I uh, finally bu- I finally gave in and got a PS5. Actually, no, that's not true. I ordered, I bought it a couple days before. It finally arrived yesterday, and I'm hooked. Team PlayStation welcomes you, man. <laughs> it's about time. Uh, for all you guys who don't know, Michael has been on the Xbox One um, for the previous generation, and uh, we haven't been able to play many games um, because of that together. But uh, finally, now he's joined Team PlayStation, and we could play a lot more games together. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time coming because <laughs> every time we've been doing gaming sessions, like I'm the odd man out with the with the Xbox, <laughs> and it's uh, everyone's like, get the PlayStation, join the PlayStation crew. It's like, nah, the PS5's coming out. I'm just gonna wait for that to come out, and then as soon as it comes out, it's nowhere to be seen. So for like at least a month and a bit, I've been searching and like keeping an eye on this site that. Uh, tracks availability for ps5s and then lo and behold at midnight uh it dropped I'll, I'll drop a link in the description if any of you guys are interested in uh for for at least our canadian viewers out there i gotta know uh, the whole that, that was helpful for me i gotta know the whole purchasing story but first before we even get back into that uh i mean I'll, to introduce us quickly as as usual guys it's this is the behind the nest podcast uh with matthew and then michael and uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I know, like, we have a lot of sports to talk about, but I got to ask you, Michael, tell me the story of, of of just getting this PlayStation because I know, like, I got my PlayStation release date and I don't know, I feel like it got a lot more harder since then, actually. <laughs> yeah, it has been tough. Uh, PS5 stocks have been uh, very hard to come by uh, ever since uh, the console came out. Uh, few and far between. Uh, it, you just don't really know when stocks are going to drop and uh, when they're going to be coming uh, available. So that's what it's been like for like the last month and a bit for me. Uh, and I would just check this site called uh, nowinstock.net, which would keep track of uh, stocks. And I would just like check and, and sites like Best Buy, Walmart, uh, Amazon, uh, Canada, real Canadian superstore. And so uh, one day, like just before it was like, at the end of a long day and I was about to go to work the next morning, uh, I see that uh, a Walmart bundle dropped. So basically it'd just be the disc console with an extra controller. So within the first minute, bam, 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 I got it. And it, it took a little <laughs> while. I got, I it came an extra day after uh, I was supposed to, but it finally arrived safe and sound. It was great. It's just, it's been a blast so far. Can you imagine if it just like got lost in the mail or something? Oh <laughs> With boy! That extra day. <laughs> oh boy! Would I be? <laughs> oh man! Or, or it got canceled or something. Oh man! Wow! Uh, uh, but man, I'm so glad you finally got it. And we were just talking right before starting this uh, podcast. We were literally talking about um, all the different games you can finally play now. Like not even just the PlayStation Five games, but you you basically got a PS4 now as well. And there are so many games that you can catch up on. Yeah, and that's the part I'm really excited about is just finally getting to play more games with you guys. Uh, if for those of you who don't know, me, Matthew, Nick, and sometimes Omar, okay, Juno in the past, but uh, we would always do a gaming session 
of of just some a couple of some multiplayer games. But we were limited to only cross-platform games simply because I was the only one with an Xbox. And now that I have a PS5, and I guess everyone has either a PS4 or a PS5, our options just got expanded big big time. Oh, yeah. And uh, we were just talking about it. Possibly um, we might bring some streams back, uh, possibly with some NHL. So uh, I, I haven't even played NHL 21 yet. Like, uh, But but maybe it's a possibility now that uh, we have reason to play NHL 21 together. So um, watch out for some streams maybe uh, in the future. Bring, absolutely bring yeah we're back <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i actually we might we might we might be happening sooner than you think wink wink <laughs> yep so uh keep keep your eyes peeled for that but uh yeah no this is gonna be fun and i'm just glad you're you're on team playstation but uh yeah <laughs> i think that's the big thing about about this week uh you know usually we talk about gaming is there any have you started playing any games any games to know uh Okay, kid, there's so many games that you can get with the PS5. Um, just off the bat, you get that, what is it, Astro World or something like that? I yeah, can't um, Astro Boy, I think, or Astro, <laughs> Astro Bot. Astro Bot, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, actually that a good game. game. It's supposed to be like a, uh, like a, it's just basically supposed to demo the features of the, of the PS5, but mm-hmm. it's like really good. I played a, a bit of it. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed it. It's just like a fun little like game uh, just to get used to the controls uh just what the console's all about mm-hmm. um obviously i have fortnite uh rocket league and uh warzone on there and then a couple of the the, fr- the games you get for free by getting a playstation plus subscription there's a uh, crash the crash bandicoot trilogy which uh i'm gonna definitely get a lot of use out of that because especially the first one is really good and just before we started recording i was playing a bit of uh ratchet and clank Ooh, for I the first ratchet time and clank. have you have you ever played any ratchet and clank games I've never played them before, and I've always wanted to because, but obviously, I've never had a PlayStation, uh, PS2, or even a PS3. So this is a, a long time coming for me. I love the whole Ratchet and Clank series. Uh, that'll be my recommendation for this week if you haven't played Ratchet and Clank. But like when I, that was like a childhood game of mine. Like when I was a kid, like I played on original PS2, the first one, second one, third one, and then it went into the PS3 uh, phase, and, and they released like I think they released. Uh, like a mini series it was like uh tools of destruction cracking time those ones are so good and it's still going strong and the one that you have is like the remaster well they basically remade it the first one on the ps4 like because they had the movie come out and like they cross promoted it but that one's really good that one is really really good it's basically oh, yeah. the first and one. I- I'm 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 already seeing like how fun the game is. Like the humor is uh is great. The humor uh, is the best part of Ratchet and Clank. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I gotta get more used. Gotta play it a little bit more. Uh, yeah, no, it's gonna. I'm I am gonna be using that PS5 a lot. That's what I'm. just the thing about P, uh, video game consoles. You think it's a, a a huge investment, and to be fair, it is. But you'll get a lot of use out of it. And for you, I think it's a. It like the experience for you right now is amazing because I'll say my experience because I've played a lot of these games before already. I've been a PlayStation player like my whole life. When I got my PS5, like I'll I'll tell you the truth, like it hasn't got that much use so far because I've mainly been waiting for PS5 games because like I've I I have played mostly all these free games as well. But for you, it literally just unlocked like a whole new world of gaming for you, which is amazing. You know something I just realized that uh, once I I started playing the PS5, I will I have officially bought a console, 
like a brand new from each of the big uh, three com- video game companies in North America at least once. I have never owned an Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have like an original Xbox um, that I bought like way later, like a few years ago, just because like I have like old consoles. But in terms of like having a current generation console, I have never been on Team Xbox. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I I did it because like that was a lot my friends had at the time, but yeah. then we everyone switched to PS5 and I just never hopped on board. I mean, Xbox is great. Xbox has a lot of great games, but yeah, I don't know. I've just always been PlayStation and it's just never even like I had a PS2 growing up and it never crossed my mind to like try the Xbox 360. It was just like, "Oh, I'm getting PS3." And then, "Oh, I'm getting PS4." Like there's no reason to switch over, you know? Well, now I have a reason. I had a re- never had a reason to switch over before, but uh, ever since I started like playing with you guys and everyone was just on the PlayStation 4, it's like, okay, I, maybe I have a reason to switch. We convinced but, you. Yeah, there you go. But now, now I had a, a good enough excuse. I jumped on the bandwagon, and yeah, I'm a PlayStation guy for life now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's a lot of uh, talk for this week. I mean, uh, I know you wrote down here TV show talk. Are you watching any specific TV shows? That you want well, to not really. Up? Well, not really TV shows. Actually, no. Actually, that's that's a lie. I finished watching a TV series called Agent Carter, which is part of the MCU. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly recommend it. It's a very entertaining show. Although it's it's only eighteen episodes, so it kind of feels incomplete once you finish them all. But yeah, no, it's it's great. Um, I'm still I'm still slacking. I told I told you guys this last week. Uh, I was kind of slacking on my MCU rewatch. Um. I will get on that and I'll add Agent Carter in there. Yeah, it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's worth your time because uh the the chemistry between uh the main the main lead and this this father named Edwin Jarvis it's it's great. I I have enjoyed it. Oh, and also uh, have you finished watching uh Falcon and Winter Soldier? No, I I just said I'm slacking. I need to though. I have some free time uh this week. <laughs> so I will start catching up on my MCU. All right, we'll talk about uh, all the spoilers next week once Matthew's fully caught up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, with that, I mean, we talked a whole lot about entertainment and things like that. Let's get to the to the main topic of our podcast, uh, the sports, the Toronto sports. Um, and I think we'll start off with uh, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, um, we've been kind of holding off talking about them in more in-depth uh, for a little because their season just started. Um, but as of right now, they are currently sitting 10-11. Uh, they won today, actually. We're recording this on Sunday night. They won uh, one nothing over the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. So that was a pretty solid victory. Um, what have your impressions been? Because I'll, I'll give my... I mean, it is still early in the season, even though, I mean, we did give it a few weeks. But yeah, I mean, they're sitting close to 500. Uh, you know, they're, they're a little shaky, um, but they've also been battling injuries. So I'm not gonna get too ahead of myself but honestly for what it's worth and where they are and what they're kind of dealing with um i think they're in a pretty a decent position yeah i definitely agree with you there uh the thing about the early season baseball is that it's kind of uh even ground for a lot of teams like you can tell uh there's no real large separation i mean the boston red sox currently are 14 and 9 which nobody even no one Mm. expected them to be doing this well to start the season but Look at the Yankees. The Yankees are dead last in the ALEs. That's truly going to change as the season progresses. So just to consider that 
uh, 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 <clears throat> what am I going to say? Uh, just to consider that, uh, the Blue Jays are in a decent spot right now. The thing that they're going to need uh, to prove that they're legit is consistency and he- and the uh, health of all their players. One thing we're going to talk about is Hunjin Ryu, who just recently got injured in today's game. Uh, I think it, what was it? Like they took him off kind of for precautionary reasons, but not really. Mm-hmm. I believe they're, uh, they're and, calling it a glute injury, I believe, but, uh, we'll get more information. Yeah. He is important to their rotation. And I think that's one of the things, uh, that, that needs to be keep accounted for because he is one of their most important players. And if he stays healthy, that's, uh, a, a big thing for their, uh, their chances going forward. Um, uh, <clears throat> I mean, they had a, a big shutout performance, so clearly pitching was was on their side. But the thing about uh, the Blue Jays is that they're only going to go as far as their starters are going to take them. And uh, having one of your your, your ace in, out for any amount of time is not good. So they need everyone to be healthy and everyone to be playing at their best. Mm-hmm. And it starts with their starters. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to say, like, your next question, I mean, your next question that you wrote down here was, who's surprised you, I guess, who's impressed so far. Um, I'm just going to, because it's on the same topic, I'm just going to say um, more than just one player, uh, the bullpen has just been impressing um, lately. They, they, Blue Jays have a very, very deep bullpen, and um, I think that's one thing that's been helping out, um, especially if uh, Ryu's going to be out, is, uh, yeah, it looks like the bullpen is very deep, and they're able to uh, steal some wins when uh, needed. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Rafael Dolis definitely deserves some credit. Uh, he had a really good performance today uh, against the the Rays to close close things out. Uh, I'm trying to remember some other pitchers off the top of my head, but yeah, no, you're right. The bullpen has been excellent so far to start the season. Uh, the only I think the only blemish right now in terms of pitching is Tanner Rourke, and I'm <laughs> is someone I mentioned last week, but uh, yeah, hopefully that's the last of him as a starter. Maybe he's probably better suited. Uh, for the bullpen, but one particular player that I want to mention as a surprise is Steven Matz. Uh, mm. He came into the Blue Jays uh, coming off one of his worst seasons, uh, and, and obviously a shortened season with the New York Mets. He was 0-5, had, had an ERA that was hovering around 10, and uh, his, his just numbers were completely uh, just an awful, awful season last year. So he's coming to the Blue Jays. No one really was expecting much of him uh, just as being probably like the fourth or fifth starter. But now all of a sudden he's been playing excellent baseball. He hasn't lost a game yet. His ERA is 231. And the wins, by the way, is uh, leading the American League at the moment. Uh, a lot of strikeouts, uh, good whip. Uh, overall, he's been having a really solid start. I don't think anybody expected this to from him. I don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it uh, the rest of the way, but uh, hey, you know what? Having a good starter is it's good. It's good news for the Blue Jays. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, your next question that you wrote down here, but uh, we'll an- answer. Um, do you have anyone who's disappointed so far? I mean, I'll, I'm going to say, to be honest, not so much. I feel like just because it's still early in the season, I want to give um all the players the benefit of the doubt. But nobody really has stuck out for me. Um, as a disappointment yet that you know could uh is like a huge topic of concern what about you well i I think uh the biggest concern will be lourdes guriel jr not having trouble getting extra base hits Mm -hmm. i think it was not too long ago that he actually hit one uh for an extra base uh 
that's uh he's he's one of their he's supposed to be one of their most important uh bats and it's it's he's been having a tough time uh getting uh extra bases uh, so that's that's a bit, bit of a disappointment for me but also Teoscar Hernandez now granted he ha- is on the covid protocol so I don't want to be too harsh on him but uh his his average was not too great uh, it's it's just around the Mendoza line uh he can certainly do better than what he was do- he's doing so far obviously he had a gold glove winning I think was it gold glove winning season last year I believe so yeah no he, he did really well last year uh, so we know that, uh, you know, silver slugger, that's it. Yep, yeah. So he's slugger, definitely, yeah, he's definitely came, capable of doing more than what he's done so far. And, and so the fact that he's off to a slow start is a little bit disappointing, but hopefully when he gets back from COVID, uh, he can get back to his 2020 ways. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, um, I'm trying not to get too ahead of like, you know, labeling someone a disappointment yet. Um, because it's still very, very early in the season. So we'll see if, you know, these trends uh, are consistent throughout the season. Then we really do have problems there. But uh, as of right now, it's nothing too big. Uh, I think uh, the Blue Jays, they're kind of sitting in that, you know, very middle middle of the pack uh, position. And, I mean, like I said, well, like we said going into the season, uh, I still think this team is at the point where you can't set their expectations too high as well. And they're missing George Springer, who is easily their biggest pickup. Uh so we still got time, time to wait out and see how things pan out for them uh, before we yeah. start, you know, labeling, uh, you know, labeling issues and things like that. But speaking of George Springer, um, it's looking like he will return very soon. I think there was a report here. Yeah, mm-hmm. CBS, uh, just reading here uh, that he, there's a good chance he might return on even as early as Tuesday. So um, whether he returns that soon or not, his return seems to be just around the corner. Um, how do you think the lineup will look once he returns? Well, from what I remember, uh, when Springer was playing uh, <clears throat> during spring training, I believe they had him like either like the not the ter- first, I think it was like third or fourth in the batting order. And I think that's probably a good position to put him in mm-hmm. because uh, he always likes to be near the top of the order. And having Vladdy where he's been at the moment, at least like the third, fourth, or fifth spot, it's good for him. And Vladdy's been off to a fantastic start this season. We haven't even mentioned him. He's not even a surprise. We kind of expected him to be doing well, and he's just living up to expectations and then some. Uh, obviously, obviously, Marcus Simeon and Vladdy and uh, Bo Bichette. It's just it's been great. Uh, the 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 bats have been mostly solid so far. So when you add George Springer into the mix, I just think you add put him where you expect him to be, which is the near the top of the order. Maybe I'd say three. Uh, and then you just play around with it from there. Because if everyone's clicking, uh, it's gonna Charlie Montoya is gonna have a tough time uh, figuring out the order, and I think that's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Jay's offense continues to be uh, very impressive, and just adding George Springer again, I would yeah near the top of the lineup would be best. Uh, um, it's just gonna it's it's just gonna be exciting. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens when he returns. Uh, I mean, when he deb- debuts with the Blue Jays, it's. Uh, all the fans are excited for that, so just waiting for that. Um, and then, yeah, as we kind of talked about, um, Hunjin Ryu is injured. He exited the game today, like we said, uh, with, I believe, they, they're naming it a, a glute injury. Um, and we, you already got into it a bit, but what do you really think, I guess, for the outlook of the pitching uh, for this team? What do you think, uh, how big of an impact does it make? 
Well, that all depends on uh, how long he's out. But uh, no matter what, uh, all the other starters need to step up their game. Uh, Robbie Ray, uh, Stephen Matz, obviously, is is one. Uh, and uh, Nate Pier- we also need to see how Nate Pearson and Ross Stripling do once they get back from their injuries. Uh, the Blue Jays are in a position right now where they're relying on uh, some of their younger guys and the guys from uh, the Buffalo Bisons to fill the starting rotation. So if... It's a big loss if uh, Hunjin Ryu is out for any long stretch of time. So mm. they'll need to get uh, Hunt. Hope Hunjin Ryu is only out uh, temporarily, and it was just like a precautionary reason why he exited the game. So hopefully it's uh, hopefully it comes to that. But if not, uh, yeah, whoever is still in the starting rotation needs to step up their game. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, anything else you want to talk about the Blue Jays? Uh, you know, I'm so glad we got into Blue Jays more this uh this week. Uh, but. Yeah, like we said, it's still very early. The narratives are still forming. Uh, like you said, you know, players like Vlad and, and Bo having great se- uh, beginnings of the season already. So a lot to expect from them uh, going forward this season. But uh, a lot of a lot of games to play still. Yeah. Did you see uh, what happened yesterday with Fernando Tatis and who's that Dodgers pitcher? Trevor uh, Bauer. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. Uh, I think what was it? I think I saw uh, a clip when I was scrolling through. Yeah, because uh, timeline. Because uh, what was it? Uh, Tatis uh, flipped his bat after hitting uh, back two home runs in a game, and was you know, on the anniversary of when his dad did the same thing. And Bauer was like, "Oh, I don't care. That's that's great. Do what you want. I'm I'm going to celebrate too." But then there was a whole beef on Twitter where he was accusing uh, Tatis of uh, stealing signs and knowing when the oh. pitch was coming. So this <laughs> is. Guys, let me tell you this. Uh, I don't. We don't see many of these interactions for hockey players, so I, I approve this. Uh, 100%. From baseball players, I, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we need to see more emotion from these baseball players. Because <laughs> let's see if I can find the tweet uh, that Tatis responded. It's it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just reading here. Yeah, uh, takes a jab at Tatis for potentially stealing signs. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. So, oh. so what Charvars? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that's what Tatis responses to uh, guys. If you uh, haven't Bowers seen this, using him of stealing his son. Please. <laughs> yeah, I, I. This is this is the future of baseball, and I can't wait to see more of this interaction. Hopefully, on the field as well. <laughs> oh man, that's that's funny. That's funny. And yeah, I mean, who doesn't love player beef? Especially when it's taken to social media. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of player beef, uh, did, you you saw the Leafs game last night, right? Oh yeah. That's uh, there was plenty of beef in that one, especially oh, yeah. between uh, well, Leafs. Leafs oh, and the Jets have been cooking up a little rivalry the last few games. Have uh, have I mentioned that that should be a playoff series this year? Because that should definitely be a playoff series this year. That would be an insanely good playoff series. I know a lot of people are holding out for. You know, Leafs Oilers or Leafs Habs, but uh, yeah, Leafs Jets could be honestly probably the team that's been giving the Leafs a big, uh, probably probably the biggest uh, tough time this season, other than the post COVID Vancouver Canucks. Oh no! <laughs> Don't tell me the Canucks are going to make the playoffs now. <laughs> that's what this, what's what's going to happen. Uh, the the Habs miss out, and we got to play the Canucks again. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, okay, yeah, so. Well, going into the Leafs, yeah. Those two games against the uh, against the Jets were, were I mean, for obviously for the Leafs, they both were wins, but it was it was they were heated games, honestly. 
very oh, yeah. very yeah, intense rivalry kind of brewing there um a lot of uh i mean there's been the calls of the dirty play things like that um fines against uh zach hyman joe thornton things like that but yeah i mean it's just it's just getting spicy oh yeah which is uh it's, it's great to see because uh the leafs haven't really been showing with that much emotion in their game for quite some time uh at least uh from 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 past uh from from past games against playoff can bound teams so it's good to see that they're playing with that edge uh these last two games because I think you could tell the Leafs can't stand playing against the Jets, and I, that 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 showed in uh, how the two teams uh, interacted with one another on the ice. Uh, the whole rivalry between Joe Thornton and Nikolai Ehlers, Wayne Simmons uh, just jawing at uh, Pierre Luc Dubois numerous oh, yeah. times, and then I think he he blew a kiss to the bench uh, after <laughs> as he was escorted off. I mean, so, have you ever thought that the? I mean, for one, the Leafs are arguably being called dirty by fans of other teams. Who would have ever thought, like, would you, like, a few years back, would you have ever thought, out of all the teams in the NHL, like, to call the, the Leafs a dirty team? Like, that, that, those two words would have never coexisted <laughs> years ago, even, like, last season. But the, the Leafs have a new identity, like, in a good way. Like, they've picked up players who can hold their own, like, obviously, Wayne Simmons, uh, Joe Thornton, you know, players who can get under player skins uh even zach bogosian i mean he's out right now but like those types of players um and i know people have been calling for that kind of identity change uh, for a long time and kyle dubas went and d- did that and like we're really seeing it now and i i think it's great yeah it's a very likable team it's a fun team to watch and they it's it's great entertainment i think that's really what it comes down to um the leafs team i think if you compare last year's team to this year's team i don't think uh they they're really comparable because last year's team was essentially hope Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have a great game and uh, let's uh, pray that uh, Frederick Anderson steals one steals a win as well. Uh, that's not a recipe for success. There has to be a fine a, a, a clear image for what this team is, and I think they finally found that uh, with a well balanced attack and now obviously that uh, physical presence that fan, some parts of the fan base have been longing for. So yeah. It's uh, it was great to see, and I think we're finally seeing uh, that uh, come into fruition uh, as the playoffs come closer and closer. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, at the time of recording, we're only there's only eight games left uh, before the Leafs begin their first round series, at least at, at least when the playoffs begin. And we don't even know who they're going to be playing at this point because what we thought was a surefire matchup between the Leafs and the Habs is now looking a little shaky. Oh yeah, it's getting it's getting super close to playoff time. So uh, yeah. A lot to look forward to, and uh, it's getting real close. But I want to talk about uh, a few few things we saw. Uh, first, I want to talk about Nick Foligno. Um, he played a couple games now with the Leafs, uh, debuted um, the other night against the Jets, and he even scored. Uh, he scored. He scored technically two points, but one was taken away, so he scored. He got one assist. Um, but what are your impressions on him? Because so far, I've been very impressed. Like. He fits on that first line pretty well, and I know he's on that first line just until, you know, they get Zach Hyman back. They could, uh, you know, Keith could play around with the lines a little bit more, but um, I think it was a, su- a successful trade. Like, we were talking about the price. Sure, the price sucked that they had to pay for it, but the player they mm-hmm. got seems to fit in very well. Nick Foligno, again, even going back to that kind of physical player, uh, you know, Nick Foligno kind of falls into that as well. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh... That's that's what I'm, that's what I was whole getting at the whole point. Uh, it's like I'm not I don't hate the player that the Leafs got. I didn't like the price, 
but it's looking like uh, it's a price worth paying for because uh, the earlier turns on uh, <clears throat> what is it? Uh, Nick Foligno has been pretty good so far. Obviously, mm-hmm. he had uh, uh, an assist uh, in his first game. He set up uh, Mitch, well, got an assist on Mitch Marner's lucky bounce goal, but it's still an assist uh, no matter how you slice it. Uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's been playing as advertised so far, and if if the, the least plans to have Nick Foligno on the third line going forward, I wouldn't mind it because Nick Foligno kind of plays a similar style to to what Zach Hyman played. So it's kind of like the Leafs went from one version of Zach Hyman to another version of Zach Hyman, and Obviously, Galchenyuk's playing plays a little bit like Zach Hyman too. So the Leafs have pretty much three different Zach Hyman's on their top three lines, and for teams that playing against the Leafs, that has to be a scary thought. Oh yeah, I'm just waiting for Zach Hyman to come back. Like uh, this, this team just gets deeper and deeper, which is great. And the Leafs found exactly what they're looking for. So, um, and they have the depth now. And yeah, it's just, I mean. We got Galchenyuk playing on the second line, filling in for Alec, uh, for Hyman right now, and just thinking that he is capable of playing that second line right now. But when um, Hyman comes back, I mean, they have the answer for the first line even, um, and it's just it's just such a d- deep team. It's, it's impressive what Kyle Dubas has done in one year. It, it is crazy, but again, all of this will be for naught if they don't do anything significant <laughs> in the playoffs. And I think that's the bottom line uh, that we all at know. At least uh, the second round. At least the second round. I don't even know if the second round is uh, should be the goal. I think I, this, the, the cup should be the goal. More. The cup should be the goal. But at this point, I think Leafs fans have been hurt so much. It's the expectation is at least <laughs> at least second round. Yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> I think they want to, first thing is to be at least getting out of the first round. And then once you do that, uh, I think a realistic goal is to maybe make it out of the North Division. I think uh, if if they can make it out of the first round, then surely they can make it out of the North. Oh, yeah. And I, I think, think that, so sh- that, should be the, that should be the goal. I think the real goal, I think at least conference finals, like, you know, um, Final Four. But again, at the same time, we're talking about the Leafs, so... It's almost like set the expectations a little lower first. <laughs> yeah, lower expectations. First thing is uh, win a game seven, and then we'll talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you're completely right. Um, next player I want to talk about was uh, David Riddick. Um, we might have been impressed by Nick Foligno, but I think David Riddick has kind of the opposite first impression there. Um, it's been it's been a rough start for him as a Leaf, uh, to say the least. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we'll just have to see more. I mean, obviously, we're just waiting. We still don't know the status of Freddie Anderson, but um, we're just going to wait and see till you know, how this duo plays out more. Jack Campbell has been playing great still. So, yeah, what, what have you been thinking? Uh, the thing about David Riddick is uh, he had a decent first game uh, on the second half of back-to-back. Uh, didn't, uh, like, he, at least are obviously retired. And he managed to steal a point against his old team, uh, but it's his his last few games. Uh, there's been a, a stinker goal, mm-hmm. all given up each and every night. But the worst, of course, was uh, <clears throat> uh, his last game against the Canucks on Tuesday, where he let in six goals uh, or five goals, I think it was, and the Tanner Pearson one still uh, still thinking about it because of how awful it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's just one of his worst games uh, in a long time, that one. And hopefully that's just uh, 
like just like that's it's all the worst it gets and maybe he goes up from here but it's looking like he won't be getting as much playing time because jack campbell just turned in two solid performance straight performances against the winnipeg jets and yeah. guess who david Ridd is going to be likely playing against next the vancouver canucks yeah so hopefully he's uh <laughs> well rested and motivated going into that game because uh, they're going to need him uh to really step up because I don't know if uh, he continues to have stinker performances like he did against the Vancouver Canucks. I think that third round pick was maybe a little too much. Yeah. I mean, like, let's be real. Like he wasn't, he was acquired. Yeah. He was acquired to be a backup, but it's mainly he's the third string goalie for this team until, you know, when Frederick Anderson comes back, um, he will be a third string goalie, but he's mainly the, the, the backup right now. And he's just mainly brought in because, he was supposed to be an upgrade of uh from uh Michael Hutchinson and right now like he hasn't gotten his first win as a leaf yet like you said he stole a a point from uh Calgary um in his first uh, his debut with the uh the Leafs but at the same time uh you know like it was it was a tough game it was a tough game to watch for him too so yeah i don't know I, like you said it, it's if he doesn't string together some wins here like it might be tough especially because you know do you think about going back to Hutchinson then like do you think about making Hutchinson giving him a chance again or you know it's like David Riddick was brought in to be that backup ahead of Hutchinson but if we don't see consistency from him you know it's it's it was almost for nothing right that trade um, yeah, I mean, we know for a fact that Jack Campbell is the starter, and I'd say even when Freddie Anderson comes back, I, I'm pretty sure that the consensus is that everyone pretty much feels more confident in Jack Campbell this season. Now, I think he's stolen that starter spot, anyways. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I it's still too early to tell, but um, Riddick kind of has to pull together at least a couple more wins uh, coming up. Yeah, Jack Campbell is. Uh trying to it's continuing to prove his case as the long-term starter of the Leafs I think that was never in question uh that he will likely be getting a bigger role next season and he will definitely be protected uh going into the expansion draft uh for Seattle uh but when it comes to David Riddick I don't know it's it's uh it's too big of a mystery for me uh what's going to happen with him and if they're even well obviously like I said the plan was uh, keep him as a backup. Hope uh, you can run a tandem of him and uh, Campbell. But uh, it's too early to say that maybe they should change plans. But the early returns are not looking too good so far. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but like we said, we just have to wait it out and see. Uh, those post-COVID Canucks really got the best of David Riddick and even the Leafs just in, in general. Um, but we'll see how things go on. Um, and yeah, closing out the season, the Leafs are in still a very good position. I think the goal is just to win the division here. Um, again, the, the season isn't even the main thing though, that you're finishing the season that the, we want to see results in the playoffs. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And finally, um, the power play, the Leafs power play has not been clicking, um, as, as, as expected. So, uh, do you have any suggestions to, uh, try to fix the power play? I have two. One's more realistic. The other is a chaos edition. <laughs> so so the realistic one is to swap out the defenseman uh, for the top power play unit. Now, right now, it's Matthews, Marner, uh, Tavares, Nylander, and Riley at the point. 
Now, this is no disrespect to Morgan Riley, but I don't think Riley's making the power play click the way it used to. I just think his what he provides isn't what's needed for the top product unit, and it's primarily because of the fact that he does not possess a one-timer. His shot is probably good, primarily going to be a wrister, and that's usually a low percentage shot, especially from a distance. He'll probably be better suited if he's a little bit deeper in, but like it's it's hard to find a, find a confidence that he'll be able to provide much more than just getting the puck up the ice, and that's about it. Whereas Rasmus Sandin has been playing exceptionally well, has been doing a lot, has providing a lot of creativity on the power play that hasn't been seen in a while, and he's playing playing like a quarterback for that power play. So there was a brief moment uh, during the game on Saturday where Rasmus Sandin was getting a, a look on the top unit. What I would suggest to Kyle Dubas is keep it. Try it f- for an entire game or two with uh, Sandin on the top power play and see if it makes a difference. Because I think he might be a better fit there. I'm gonna I'm gonna save my uh, chaos edition for later, but I want to hear what you your idea is. No, I mean I don't honestly I don't have I just feel like the team is just not the the power play is just not clicking as much. Um, let me pull up the lines a little. Uh, but yeah, I know I, I I agree with you. I think that would be a pretty good thing to try. I think there just has to be some sort of uh, you know mix up like uh just just kind of have to shake the roster a little uh, the lines up a little bit there and see what gets going um i i do agree with you though uh putting putting sand in up there and trying him there might be might be something interesting might might get something going what's your chaotic uh lineup okay so if it's not uh put raster sandine there then Try five forwards. Who needs Morgan Riley when you have five quality forwards to choose from? I, we saw when Matthews was out for, for a brief moment that Alex Galchenyuk presents a great shot, uh, probably comparable to uh, Austin Matthews. And he could probably do well on the point, too, if, if you have, have his one-timer. That has a lot of muscle on it. So why not? And I mean, why not try a scenario where it's Matt, instead of Riley, you have Alex Galchenyuk at the point, or you can you can just do some rotations around so that uh, maybe you can get one of the forwards to be a little bit deeper, one to be further back. Maybe you have Marner at the point, maybe even Austin Matthews. It doesn't even matter. The idea of just trying five forwards instead of just having to have a defenseman, because like there doesn't need to be a defenseman on the power play. Who's to say that you could have all five of your best forwards? Because in overtime, the Leafs just go four forwards. It's they totally are capable of doing it. So why not give it a try? Because I think that would be chaotic. Because like I still don't know how many teams do five forwards on their power play, but the Leafs could probably get away with it. Interesting. I like that. I like that idea. It is chaotic. Um, but the Leafs probably could get away with it. Um. Especially because the fact, like, I'm looking at, like, especially Austin Matthews, his defensive game has improved a lot. So, um, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Morgan Riley still, I mean, he still has a lot of offensive, in it, a lot of offense in him. So, obviously, it makes sense. But I like your Erasmus Sandin idea as well. Um, we'll just have to see. I, I definitely think something has to be shaken up. Um, possibly move, uh, possibly swap someone out as well. Uh, maybe try Gal- Galchenyuk up there. Uh, maybe see how that goes. Um, 
Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, the big thing about the Leafs power play needs to find some rhythm uh, going into the playoffs because the last thing the Leafs need is uh, their power play to be uh, continuing to struggle going into uh, the spring. And I mean, we know that uh, a, a a functioning power play goes a long way towards uh, a team's chances at uh, winning games. Oh yeah, and what happens a lot is like, you know, the Leafs with their power play strategy is they they stack that first power play unit so much, right? Um, and that you kind of have to hope that that unit comes through. And when it's not clicking, something just has to change, you know. Mm-hmm. Because you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. If they're not really, if they're not getting you the goals, um, you know, you, you kind of, you don't really, your backup, your second unit isn't as strong or isn't, can, can't be as relied on as your first. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's, uh, the statistics show that uh, your your odds of uh, getting a power play go are higher when you just front load the top unit and just play them as much as possible. And the Leafs have more than enough good forwards on their top unit. But I know there's a lot of good players uh, that need some uh, offensive zone time uh, on the second unit. But like I said, it's worth a look. Oh, for sure. Um, anything else you want to talk about the Leafs? We can, or we could head into uh, basketball talk. Um, all I can really say is. Um, Going into month Wednesday when they play their next game, they got a chance to clinch a playoff spot, so they sh- can't waste too much of a time uh, on that. Like it's, mm-hmm. they should be working towards uh, locking up their playoff spot. Yep, and then lock up the division spot, of course. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk, I think, briefly about the Raptors. Not as much happened in, uh, you know, in Raptorland this uh, this week. Uh, I think what the main thing is that uh, the Raptors. I don't know. It's kind of been this narrative the whole season is like, what are the Raptors doing? Like, are they going for the playoffs? Are they not? Um, let me just pull up the standings here, but mainly uh, they were on a four game win streak and all of a sudden it looked like there's a chance because as we know to make the playoffs this season, you just have to at least make the 10th seed and then play in a play in tournament and you could yeah. possibly clinch a playoff spot like in the actual playoffs. Now, the Raptors are currently sitting 12th um, and they were just sitting in 11th, like just a, a couple games ago when they were on that four game winning streak. They just lost to the, um, to the New York Knicks who I'm about to say they have an NBA best nine game win streak. When did we ever think that would happen? I, I wasn't thinking that the New York Knicks. <laughs> Man, I'm impressed by the New York Knicks. I'm impressed by R.J. Barrett, especially good on him. Uh, Julius Randle is balling out. <laughs> they they really turned things around this season. That's, that's crazy to see. Yeah, great. And I'm impressed. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But going back to the Raptors, uh, they're only a game and a half out of tenth place, which is the last mm-hmm. possible. Oh yeah, playoff spot. And but- to the play-in round, they would have to play against the Miami Heat. Yeah, uh, but like I said, like, yeah, so right now in the play-in tournament, it's Miami, then Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington, but right after that in 11th place is Chicago, and they're basically tied with the Raptors, um, but let's not forget how good Chicago is, like, they are gunning for a playoff spot, Um, they were gunning for a playoff spot all season, and it's going to be very tough because I'm, I am I'm fully expect Chicago to win, string together a, a a bunch of wins uh, near the end of the season. Now let's remind uh, 
us all that there's only 11 games left on the Raptors schedule. So not a lot of time to get in it. Um, it's very close. It is very close. So, I mean, they could just go on, what, like a five-game win streak and possibly be in a really good position to make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, if they lose a few games, like it could be that dream could be gone just like that, right? Yeah. And I think the main thing I want to bring up is I know we've been talking about tanking and the, the, the fan base is kind of split up right now. The playoff, the, the ones that want to make the playoffs and the ones that want to tank. And the Raptors are literally torn split in the middle right now. You know, if they lose, if they win a few games, it, it's basically a matter of a few games that can make you make the Raptors, you know, just outside the playoff bubble with a bad draft pick or even a few string together a few losses and you can get possibly a lottery uh a lottery pick you know mm-hmm. so yeah i i don't think they the raptors even know i think they're just gonna ball out and see if they can make the playoffs obviously they're gonna want to win um but they could literally finish anywhere between the playoffs too um possibly like you know third last in the uh in the east Here's what I'll say I think would be good for the Raptors uh, long-term. You make the play-in round. You lose in the play-in round. You you get a top... Uh, you somehow get a top draft pick in the draft. So you still get that playoff experience, and you get a decent draft pick out of it. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for this Raptors team. You, you get you continue that playoff experience. Some of the younger guys could get that experience of playing meaningful basketball games. And then you get a, a quality player to add to the team. Uh, but if this Raptors team think that they can uh, do some damage in the playoffs, then yeah, you try your, your luck at it. And if not, hey, there's still some quality players uh, up for grabs in the draft. And missing out on the playoffs entirely wouldn't be the worst thing for this Raptors team because they, they'd have uh, a much better shot at a t- winning the draft lottery, which I think would, would be... The goal in that event oh yeah oh yeah for sure and uh shout out i want to shout out uh gary trend jr i've been so impressed by his play uh as of late and that norman powell trade is looking good for both sides now so i just oh, want yeah. to give that quick shout out there uh but uh, i think even going off that point that i just that shout out um either way i think the raptors they're looking good and yeah a draft pick would look would be really helpful because like like i said with gary trend jr their young core is slowly kind of building, you know, they're slowly starting that retool. Um, mm-hmm. Gary Trent Jr., a young guy who's balling out right now, who's for sure going to be part of the future core. And yeah, I mean, if you want that lottery pick, like that could really help. That could really help the team that this young core, you know, think about it like in like two, three years that whoever this lottery pick will be, will be law, will be balling it out with, uh, with Gary Trent Jr., and OGN and Obi. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, a lot to think about, but I think overall the Raptors focus should be on uh at least trying trying your best and hope and hope to for a good result. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if this team is gonna make the play in round. Just because uh Chicago, Washington's playing extremely well, obviously that could change. But yeah, with Chicago really uh, a good team on paper uh yeah it's just it's it's just not a lot of room for error i don't i i, I don't think the raptors yeah. need to can win uh lose more than three maybe four games the rest of the way yeah i will say this uh i for sure 
I'm not I'm not on team tank or team playoffs. I'm neutral right now, but um I think it would be amazing if the Raptors could make the playoffs this season after everything they went through this season and uh you know it would just be an amazing story if they after you know starting off so badly and and pretty much also the the whole covid um kind of thing that they had for like two weeks where three of their starters were out um they even there a bunch of their coaches it would just be awesome mm-hmm. if they made the playoffs um but that would be huge uh but that would be asking for a lot because they first have to finish at least 10th then they have to win the play in tournament so that's a yeah. lot to ask it would be a great story um but I think just the worst spot they can finish is 11th. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be that's basically the right out of the bubble. That would be pretty disappointing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, no pressure, Raptors. If that's what you're looking for, <laughs> no uh, room for error. Yeah, but it's it's good to see, like like a lot of the guys are are, are balling out right now. Pascal Pascal Siakam's been improving a lot and he's been uh he's been looking a lot i mean for this whole season he's been playing really well but um as of recently he's been looking a lot like the old pascal siakam we know and love um og ananobi's been playing great and yeah i mean it's just been lack of consistency especially in the fourth quarter um a lot of uh, i think there was a graphic it was like the raptors are the best worst team of <laughs> in like the last I think of all time I don't know if all time or just the last 10 years or whatnot but um basically their net rating uh I think uh or their their point differential rating is like still one of the best so that means they're not losing games by much they're just collapsing in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. so it's, it's uh it's it, tough it's also just locking it down defensively mm-hmm. that will be a big thing going the rest of the way uh so big some big games coming up uh right now uh their opponent tomorrow, Cleveland Cavaliers, are uh, in a dogfight with the Washington Wizards, who are a team that the Raptors are chasing. So right now, the best thing for the Raptors be uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers win that game, and then the Raptors eke out a win uh, tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would put that would actually I don't know if that would catapult the Raptors back into the playoffs picture, but they would certainly be a lot closer. Mm-hmm. I mean. Toronto and Chicago both literally have the exact same record. So it's going to be literally who can get the most wins between those two teams. Do the do the Bulls and Raptors play each other at all or uh, no? Let me check. They do on May 13th. That That's could decide who game. makes it. Oh yeah. That could decide who makes it in. Actually, that and the final game uh that is that was the game against the Pacers that got postponed. Um, it's scheduled. I think it's not scheduled, but it's listed here as May 16th on Google. I don't know if they're going to, if they're going with that day or, or what, but, um, that also could be a deciding game because the Pacers are right there in eighth, I think, or ninth, they're ninth. Yeah. So it looks like some big games. Uh, it's about, Oh, it looks pretty tough. looks like a tough, mm-hmm. uh, rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, uh, after, after the Cavs, they got the Nets, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Lakers, the Clippers. Um, those and then those are all top of the league teams, and then the Wizards. That's a big game because the Wizards are literally in tenth. But we'll see where they're at come May sixth. But yeah, the Raptors have quite the path to go through. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, like like we were like I was saying, little room for error. Uh, 
I just can I can only see them maybe losing a couple of games. But if they lose, like once they get to five losses, it's you can pretty much uh, confirm that the season's not ending and, and them making the playoffs. Unless, and I mean unless, <laughs> the Wizards and the Bulls uh, collapse. Yeah, I mean, and then if anything, uh, we'll see what the lottery can bring us uh, here in Toronto. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the lottery balls have to go a certain way. Um, I think we'll end off the Raptors and the basketball discussion. Uh, speaking about the lottery, um, I want to give a, a, a shout out, a rest in peace to uh, Terrence Clark, the NBA uh, draft prospect who uh, unfortunately passed away this week uh, in after getting in a car accident. Um, I think he was. I don't know if he was supposed to be a lottery pick, but he was supposed to be picked uh, this this draft, um, and that's always sad so much potential so um yeah huge condolences to his family and friends absolutely that's a tough story i, I saw that too and i was very shocked uh no nothing really to say i'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words uh, rest in peace to him and hope and condolences to his family and friends mm-hmm. for sure um but yeah i think we'll end off this episode with that um we got to talk about a whole lot um do we have any questions to go over yeah, there's one question, and let me see if I can pull it up. Uh, here it is. Question is very simple from Nathaniel F at Leafs Lifer ninety six. Are the Leafs dirty? Um, no, I don't think. I'll say I don't think the Leafs are dirty. Um, they're playing with a lot more edge than they've ever played with before, so um, that's surprising. I think it's surprising a lot of teams. I wouldn't call them dirty. Though, what about you? Um, I don't. I don't think they're dirty. But if the Leafs are dirty, then no, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we Toronto. Come on, Toronto. Like Toronto's been waiting for uh, physical dirty plays. <laughs> is is being dirty really? <laughs> is being dirty really? Uh, like a diss? Is it really a negative thing? I don't know. I mean, the Boston Brewers are. Would you rather be soft? Uh, uh, This is getting a little too (laughs) rated R for the podcast. (laughs) Not even like that. But no, I'm saying like the Leafs have always been known as a soft team. Would you rather the Leafs be a soft team, or they're finally getting some? It might be some negative recognition for their physical, their their edge. uh, You know, their their kind of play there. But you know, I I think it's better than being called you know the soft team yeah we'll see we'll see if that moniker sticks uh if it, or if it was just the jets complaining yeah, about the officiating. a lot of bad blood as well between the jets and the leafs oh but it's gonna be if if these two teams meet in the playoffs it'll be quite the spectacle i can guarantee you that yeah oh yeah and uh <laughs> even i i don't know why i just thought of it but uh who wrote the headline it was you you wrote that headline uh on on the least nation uh was it today or, or last night uh <laughs> you you wrote the uh the article and you said the dirty Leafs uh, beat the clean jets right? last night's game <laughs> i love that headline <laughs> that just reminded me of the headline yeah no. i i just thought of it like last minute like i, I what am i going to title this uh this art oh i know perfect oh yeah so no uh, i don't think they're dirty i think i think it's I think there was just a lot of high emotions as well. 
We'll see. We'll see how they play against the Habs. Then we'll determine if they're really a dirty team. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll shout out our uh, our Twitters. So uh, you can follow us on Twitter on the podcast Twitter at Behind the Net Pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt underscore Rodrigo underscore. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Lee Simo. Um, and I believe, uh, Michael's going to go play his PlayStation <laughs> now, but, uh, <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, thanks for listening and we'll catch you all next week. Peace. <laughs>